0: Hello, I'm Chris, and I'm your host today. But today I just wanted to talk about the role of a man and the challenges it brings. We all know a man is to protect and provide as well. And I'm sure you all know and are aware that he is the first person looked up to as having authority, the disciplinary of the household, the one that teaches the boys how to be a man and the one that teaches the daughters what to look for in a man. The one that is known as the romantic in the household, who spends time with the wife, kids, and still does what needs to be done outside as well as inside the home. Men, we are our children's first example of strength, perseverance, courage, persistence, and leadership that they see, recognize, respect, love, and follow. We need to know that we set the tone for how they turn out, and we are the example that they follow. Does that mean they turn out perfect every time? I wish. What that does mean is that we give them the necessary tools to excel in life and to make the best decisions they can when they grow up. And if we're fortunate enough, they turn out great. All they, they don't always do. What we think is best for them may not necessarily be in their best interest, but what we have to keep in mind is that we were once young too and we learned our way through life and these experiences. There are some things they are going to just have to learn by experience. We can only do but so much, but their youth is in our hands. We are the ones who shape them and mold their thoughts, processes, and we teach them by example how to handle the situations they have no control over. I want you to know that even though we are all of these things, we cannot afford not to be so much more. And I know this may sound like the woman's position, and it is, but it's the man's position as well. Everyone needs to feel loved, to feel like you care, to feel like you understand. They need your hugs, kisses. They need your time. The same way your job needs you to be at work and work the hours they have scheduled you to work in order to get a paycheck at the end of the week. Your wife and children need you to not only be home, but they need you to be present in their lives. In their eyes, you are Superman. You are their hero. If you play your position right, not only do you impact your wife and children, you impact other children, other dads, and other households. What about the child down the street that your child hang out with that have no dad at home? And how that even though they are not a part of your household, they get an understanding of how to be a dad or husband or for a girl certain aspects to look for in a man when that time comes, of course. We ought to teach our children how to be mature before maturity ever hits their lives, so that when it does, they will be ready and equipped to handle the task. Proverbs 22, 6 says, Train the child up in the way that they should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Deuteronomy 6, 5 through 9 says, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength, and these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when they sit in your house. When you walk by the way, when you lay down, when you rise up, you shall bind them as a sign on your hand. And they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Children are a lot different than you and I. They don't see the danger in not doing certain things like education, career opportunities, investing, and saving. But just like we did, they will learn, hopefully sooner than later. That's what a dad is. A husband, now, that's quite different. A dad leads by example and discipline. A husband walks beside his wife, and they do things together. If the woman was made from the rib of a man, she is destined to be by his side. Men, it is okay to take counsel from your wife. The Bible says, submit yourselves one to another. There should not be any differences you can't work out together. It's easy to get married, but the work is in becoming one flesh. The reason I say it is, it's because you are two different people coming from different backgrounds, raised differently, and you have different morals. One thing is for sure, though, definitely see things differently. One may be optimistic, and the other may like a for sure thing. One may be conservative. And the other may like to spend, one may be quiet, the other may be talkative, but you have to find a balance, and communication has to be the center point of that balance. When you see broken marriages, they are usually from infidelity, a lack of communication, and understanding, forgiveness, and compromise. Your wife is not your child, she's your equal. God told the woman and the man at the same time to be fruitful and to multiply, replenish the earth, to do it, and have dominion over it. When Eve ate the forbidden fruit, her husband, Adam, was right there. For the Bible says after she ate, she gave it to her husband who was with her. Men, I know that sometimes we don't want to talk, but there is a danger in not talking. I want you two to remember that the woman is the weaker vessel. She is filled with emotions and feelings and sometimes clouds her judgment. But in some instances, she can see things more clearly than you. That's why it's imperative that you work together. Marriage is ordained by God, and he tells us to become one. But sometimes we pick and choose our mate, and it doesn't work. But what God has joined together, let no man put asunder. The thing with that verse is what God has joined together. When we do the choosing, we don't always choose what's best for us. We choose what we want to choose. Uh, We choose what looks good. We choose what's pleasing to our flesh. We wonder why we get divorced sometimes. It's a lack of patience, persistence, and perseverance. And sometimes one wants to grow and the other wants things to stay the same. When we were clearly born to grow and not stay the same way always, we have to be careful with giving temporary people permanent positions in our lives. Why are most divorces so messy? It is because two people that have spent time becoming one are now tearing themselves apart to become two people again. Sometimes we want to rush into marriage because it sounds good or the person makes you feel good. The truth of the matter is that sex complicates things, clouds our judgment, whatever happened to learning to understanding people and seeing where or even if they fit in your life. I don't care if someone said you should get married because it's the right thing to do. No, it's not the right thing to do. You may need to go into prayer and ask God if you should marry that person because you may think you have something special and they turn out. Going in the opposite direction than you are going. For sometimes decoys are sent in our life to get us off course. Marriage is a big step. One of the most important steps you are going to make. It's right along with getting saved and living a life dedicated to God. Having children and choosing the career that was best designed for you. For me to be 16 when I decided I wanted to get married and being 36 when I actually got married. That's a big difference. Was I mentally or even emotionally ready to be a husband? Was I even grounded enough to really be a provider for a family and not bring shame to my wife and my children? I was already a single parent for 10 years at the time I got married, but I never had a wife. And the question remained, was I mature enough to understand that I would have to treat my wife as the weaker vessel without making her feel like she is a weaker vessel? Or even that I am superior to her. I needed to know that it was going to take communication, undying affection, love, understanding, selflessness, and forgiveness. If I was ever going to measure up to a man of God, forgiveness is so important, unparalleled to anything else you can do for yourself. In fact, forgiveness is the only way you can come to Christ. For Christ has to forgive us for our sins in order for us to be accepted into the covenant or into the marriage. And you say you want to walk with God? You want God to use you? You want to feel God? But God is saying we have to start with the basics. And what are the basics? Love, forgive, communicate. The Bible says how can you say you love God whom you can't see but you can't love your brother who you see every day? How can we ask God to forgive us for all our sins, which are many, and we can't forgive Tracy for cheating on us, Bob for stealing from us, Mark for stabbing us in the back, or our parents for not being who we thought that they should be for us and to us. I want you to know that we have gone and are still growing through the process of becoming Christ-like. Just remember, time and chance happens to us all. And our process began long before we decided to live for God. It started at birth. So everything we went through, everything that was thrown at us didn't break us, but it made us who we are today. If you would have known that the heartbreak you endured would cause you to draw back, and hide your feelings just to protect yourself that the backstabbing you incurred encountered would cause you to be a loner and not give people a chance maybe it was the death of a loved one or something that happened in your childhood or maybe something someone said about you that made you feel like you were less than it was all a part of your process and I want you to know that if you made it this far it didn't kill you but it made you stronger and now you can do exploits for the Lord. Because of your story, the Bible says that we are overcomers by our testimony. Because our testimony strengthens, encourages, and let people know that they are not the only ones who have been through something. And the more you give away what you have been holding on to, the better you'll feel. The more healing you will receive from the thing that hurt you until you are delivered. And when deliverance happens, more aspects of your life change. Understand, God is not digressive, stand still, or a stagnant God, but he wants us to keep growing towards him. If we want a closer relationship with him, start with forgiveness and love, because in order to walk with him, he has to forgive you. So make it your business to forgive others. Our our Father prayer says, forgive us our trespasses, we forgive those who trespass against us. Of the two commandments, they are to love the Lord God with all thy heart. And with all thy mind, and with all thy strength, and the second is to love thy neighbor as thyself. This is mostly about stewardship. In Genesis two twenty four it says, A man shall leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. Proverbs eight twenty two, a man that finds a wife finds a good thing, and he attains favor from the Lord. A wife, by Proverbs twelve four, says, A virtuous woman is a crown to her husband. Men, we have to start with the basics. We have to start with love. We have to start with forgiveness. We have to communicate because nobody knows what we're thinking. Yes, your wife might be discerning, but she doesn't know everything that you're thinking. Your children don't don't know what you're thinking. Your children don't understand that you don't have time for them. They don't understand that you just got to work and you got to pay bills. They don't understand that. But what they do understand, oh, daddy took his time and taught me this. Daddy did this for me. Daddy did that for me. I don't know if you know it, but when kids get together and they start talking about their parents, you know, you should see how kids get so excited about their dads. I don't want you to ever take that away from them. Don't ever be one that you just took that away from them. That, happy, that happiest part in their life when they can brag about what their dad did or who their dad is. Don't be that father. Don't be that mother that keeps the children from their father because it didn't work out with y'all because y'all didn't work out together. That's a part of life. That's what you chose. You decided to have sex, so you laid down with a man and then y'all had kids and it didn't work out. That's nobody's fault but your own. Be woman enough to overlook your faults and give your children what they deserve in life. Be man enough to overlook what happened between you and that mother and go and get your children and spend time with them. That's what life is. Life is Picking yourself up, even when you've been knocked down. Life is brushing yourself off, even when the dust is thick. You got to keep going. We got to keep pushing. We got to be fathers, and we have to be parents to our children. And we have to be man enough to know that we were wrong and we made a mistake, but we still got to carry on. We have to do this thing not for us, but for them. At the end of the day, you're going to have to look at God and say, Well, I didn't do this because his mama was this way. What? God ain't hearing that. You grown. If you want to make grown man moves, you want to do grown man things, then you need to be able to handle your grown man responsibility. That's what life is. Life is handling responsibilities that you, most of them, you created for yourself. Most of the responsibilities you have, you created for yourself. Nobody made you marry her. Nobody made you have children. But you took it upon yourself. You say, I'm a man. I'm going to do it. I'm a man. So when you thought you was grown, when you thought you was a man and you made that, I tell my son all the time, you made that bed, now lay in it. That's your bed. When you were growing up, I taught you what I knew. And I have to ask him to forgive me for what I didn't know. But I taught him what I knew. He saw me get up and go to work every day, Monday through Friday. And when I would be home, it would be, it would be movie night. It would be something. I, I would always spend time with him. But now that he's 19 and he's out doing his own thing, I'm looking and I'm like, I know I didn't do I know I didn't teach him that way. Or I know I didn't tell him to go this way. But I understand that even as a young adult, even as a young adult, I refuse to make his decisions for him. I I can't do that. But I have to be able to tell him where I see him being wrong. I have to be able to tell him that he ain't right. I have to be able to talk to him in the way that he understands. Look, I'm still daddy. It don't matter how old he gets. It don't matter how many times he get married, how many children he have. I'm still daddy. And I'm always going to be daddy. But daddy is what a lot of kids don't have. Daddy is what a lot of kids yearn for. Daddy, do you understand the kind of power that name has? Do you understand? Some of us as dads... We know what to do. Some of us, we don't know what to do. But in all things, we we are learning. We are progressing. We are doing everything that we know how to do until we learn some more. I knew what to do with him, and I did what I knew to do. But now I have some smaller 6-year-olds that are coming up behind him. And what I didn't know then, I know now. So it would be a shame for me to do the same thing now that I did then. So now I have to step my game up. Now I have to be more attentive. I have to be more listening. I have to be more discerning because when they, when they feel a certain way or when they need a certain thing, I need to be in the place where I can understand and I can fathom what it is that they need and give it to them immediately. A lot of things come from attention. A lot of people, a lot of kids, they seek attention from you. A lot of kids seek your time. A lot of kids just seek what they don't have or what one parent ain't giving them. Dads, this is your position. Your position is to give them children what they need. The more you are in their life, the more you are in their ear, the more you are doing, the more you are going for them, the more you are teaching them the ropes, the more that you are showing them, the more that they get it, the more that they understand. Make no mistake. They don't always do it right at first. But I can guarantee you, later on in life, they may be 25, they may be 35, they may even be 40, but they'll come back. And the same road you try to tell them to go on and they went the opposite direction, they would say, come back and tell you, Dad, you was right. I should have went that way. But I ended up going this way. I made it hard for myself. That's when we got to be man enough to say, you know what, I know you made it hard for yourself, but I'm glad you learned. I still love you. Come on in here. Give me a hug. It don't matter how old them kids get. They still love a hug from daddy. They still love to be chastised by daddy, even though, even though, even though chastisement hurts. It hurts. When your father chastises you, your father in heaven chastised you, it hurts. It's painful. But it makes you better. It makes you stronger. It's a part of your process. Chastise your children. Don't let them get away with everything. Tell them what. Tell them exactly what it is. Tell them how you feel. Tell them everything that they need to, because they need to know. They need to know. Either you're going to tell them or the world going to tell them. I'd rather it come from you. You would rather it come from you because when the world tells them, the world tells them to go in the opposite direction than you would. And that's all I have for you today. I'm Chris. I love you. And may God bless you.